Nicaragua's revolutionary president, Daniel Ortega, gave an incredible speech explaining the geopolitical situation that we're living through in the world today, explaining why the U.S. is waging a new Cold War on both China and Russia, explaining why the U.S. empire is waging a war on the new multipolar world that we're seeing emerging, and how the United States is desperate to maintain its unipolar hegemony and in order to try to maintain its unipolar hegemony is destroying the global economy, doing massive damage to economies all around the world. It was a truly incredible speech, and I think it really reflects the fact that Daniel Ortega, the president of Nicaragua, is really, I think, up there in the world stage as one of the most important, most brilliant leaders in the world today, political leaders. He really understands the ge geopolitical situation. And although Nicaragua is a very small country of only 6.3 million people, he really punches above his political weight on the world stage. And, you know, I think it's kind of sad that not a lot of people know about Nicaragua, the Sandinistas. They might know about the situation in the 1980s, but they don't know about the Sandinista government today. There is a lot of understanding about Cuba, for instance. Understandably, I mean... The Cuban Revolution just transformed the world. And although Cuba has about 11 million people and also very much punches above its weight on the international stage, you know, there's much less knowledge of Nicaragua. And uh, of course, you know, Venezuela, with, which has five times of the population, there's discussion of Nic uh, Venezuela's role in helping to build this new multipolar world and resisting in U.S. imperialism. But today I want to focus on this speech that Ortega gave because it really is an incredible speech that shows a deep geopolitical sophistication. Now, before I get to this speech, I'll just explain some background knowledge for people who don't know. The Sandinista Revolution came to power in 1979. The Sandinistas are socialists and anti-imperialists. They were also, also very much influenced by liberation theology and a very left-wing progressive socialist form of, of Christianity. And... They came to power and when they overthrew a U.S.-backed right-wing puppet dictatorship led by basically what was a monarchy, a family dynasty of the Samosas, brutal, a right-wing, brutal military dictatorship. The Sandinistas overthrew them in a popular revolution in 1979. People probably know that history. In the 1980s, the U.S. waged a terrorist war on the Sandinista government. They, the U.S. funded these fascist death squads called the Contras that massacred thousands of civilians, tortured civilians. This is despite the fact that Daniel Ortega, who was the leader of the Sandinista Front, the political party that, that waged the struggle behind the Sandinista Revolution, he won an, a democratic election, making him president. But the U.S. continued waging this terrorist war under Ronald Reagan to try to overthrow his government. The U.S. succeeded. After a decade of a terrorist war and a blockade, the U.S. succeeded in overthrowing the Sandinistas in 1990 and installing three right-wing puppet regimes that governed from 1990 until 2006. Now, I'll talk more about that history after I reflect on this speech by Ortega, but I really think that Ortega is a political genius, not only because of his geopolitical understanding of how a small country like Nicaragua can have a massive impact on the global political stage, but also in the way that he 
he worked within Nicaraguan politics itself. I mean, he really is a brilliant politician in that when the Sandinistas were pushed out of power after this U.S. terrorist war, he spent 16 years rebuilding the Sandinista front in very difficult conditions. In the 1990s and early 2000s, this is the, the peak of the U.S. unipolar hegemonic moment when, you know, these neoliberal fake philosophers like Francis Fukuyama declared the end of history. Around the world, people said that socialism was dead. It would never come back. But Ortega understood how to how to play different opposition right wing parties against each other. And he was able to bring the Sandinistas back in 2006, winning the elections. He came to power. And then since 2007, the Sandinistas have governed in a brilliant way, not only, you know, creating universal health care and education, jobs programs, housing programs, expanding electricity and water access and you know, all of these socialist policies, but also being able to turn Nicaragua, the small country of 6.3 million people, into a country that is that is playing geopolitics. It's involved in the geopolitical international struggle. And this brings me to a speech that Ortega gave on August 2nd. This was a speech marking the 43rd anniversary of the recreation of the Nicaraguan military and its air force after the Sandinista Revolution. I wrote an article about this at multipolarista.com. It's titled, U.S. War on China and Russia Targets New Multipolar World Sabotages Global Economy, according to Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega. Now, in this article, I translated Ortega's speech into English. I have a, a transcript of a big part of it. Obviously, Ortega gave this speech in Spanish. And really quickly, I want to explain here that I've gotten complaints over past videos that I've done because I will include subtitles in English of Spanish language audio. And a lot of people say that they prefer listening to my videos or listening to the podcast versions. So I was thinking about a way to try to solve this issue. And I decided that in this video, slash podcast, what I'm going to do to allow the video to be a podcast is I'm going to read the English language translation out loud of what President Ortega said in the speech. Also, because his speech was very long, it was an hour. And the relevant passage that I want to talk about, the excerpt, was about half an hour when he talks about the U.S. new Cold War on China and Russia. It's a pretty lengthy section. People sometimes complain they don't want to read subtitles for half an hour on a video. They prefer listening. So because I'm making this, I'm reading it just in English, what I'm going to do in this video and podcast is I'll read his speech in English. And for people who want to see the original video of President Ortega's speech with the subtitles, I'm going to post that as a separate video on my YouTube channel, Rockfin, Rumble, and Odyssey you can find the video version with the English language subtitles if you want to see the original. But here, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read the relevant passage from Ortega's speech. And I'm just going to go through and I'll, I'll have some a little, I'll provide a little context for what he's saying. But for the most part, I'm just going to go ahead and read it because it's a very powerful speech. And of course, there's no coverage of this in English language media, zero coverage. It's only in Spanish. And to the extent that it's covered in Spanish, pretty much every media outlet covering his speech is a right-wing, oligarch-controlled outlet attacking him. 
So at the beginning of his speech, Ortega says that we live in a world that goes from explosion to explosion. They are explosions that are part of a birth. A new order is being born in the world that buries imperialism, buries the colonialists, and opens the way to a democracy of nations, a multipolarism that is manifesting itself in various ways. So this is President Ortega recognizing that we are living, we are seeing the birth of a multipolar world. He continues, we see the initiatives emerging in different spaces. And on the other hand, we see North American imperialism trying to maintain its hegemony at all costs, even at the risk of sinking its own economy. So this is Ortega acknowledging that the U.S. is trying to maintain this unipolar world order. And in order to do that is waging war and is destroying the economy worldwide and is even destroying its own economy. He continues, but in the arrogant attitude of feeling that they can still maintain their hegemony, that they can and must defend their hegemony, what they are doing is sinking themselves. They are sinking themselves and they are causing great harm to the North American people. Now, something that's very important in all of the speeches that President Ortega gives is that he always distinguishes the U.S. government from the people of the United States. He's very clear about that. And in this speech, he makes it clear that this U.S. new Cold War is destroying the U.S. economy and it's doing great harm to the people of the United States, to the North American people. So it's, it's very important to point that out. This when. Ortega and other Latin American revolutionary leftist leaders, when they condemn U.S. imperialism, they are always careful to, to distinguish the U.S. people from the U.S. government. Ortega continues here. And with all of the sanctions that have been imposed on the Russian Federation that is waging a just war against fascism, against Nazism, which is entrenched there in the power of the coup plotters in Ukraine, they are destroying the European economy and they are liquidating NATO. They are liquidating it with every aggressive action with the multiple decisions that they have made to try to destroy the Russian Federation. So this is, this is President Ortega speaking obliquely about the Russian war in Ukraine and the Western war on Russia. And then he also says that the West is waging war on China. He says, Ortega says, quote, they also have the objective of trying to destroy the People's Republic of China because they see them as he's saying China and Russia as the two great powers that are already overtaking the West in terms of. Well, let me let me actually say something here really briefly. In Latin America, people don't really say the West. You very rarely hear people say the West because Latin America is technically part of the West. Technically, that's why I, I hate the term the West. The West doesn't make sense. It's not actually the West. It's the U.S. Can it's North America and Europe, the U.S., Canada and Europe. So I shouldn't I shouldn't editorialize and say West here. Ortega didn't say Occidente, the West, because if you think about it, Latin America is in the Western Hemisphere. The West is a very strange construct. It's not actually geographical. It's entirely political. So anyway, let me let me let me stick to the transcript here. I just I was trying to distinguish when I say when he says them who them is but so he's saying that the U.S. 
also has the objective of trying to destroy the People's Republic of China because they see them, that is China and Russia, as the two great powers that are already overtaking them, that is the U.S., in terms of development, in terms of science, in terms of technology. And they have gone against the Russian Federation, but there Russia is fighting back against fascism. Fascism did not disappear with the fall of the bunker, where the first to arrive were the soldiers of the Red Army, and they planted the flag where the command post of the tyrant Hitler had been. So a few points there. This is Ortega referencing the fact, acknowledging the historical fact that it was the Soviet Union that defeated Nazi Germany. It was the Red Army that liberated Berlin from Nazi Germany, not the U.S. And then Ortega continues and he says, fascism left its roots and is embedded in some European countries and it is embedded in North American society and it is embedded there in Ukraine. Yes, a fascist government. So here Ortega is saying that, that the US, Europe and Ukraine have, are basically fascistic. They have deep fascist roots. Ortega continues, and while the situation affects the richest countries, it affects all of humanity. It affects the world economy. But the North American empire does not care, thinking that its strength is so great that it will be able to win by trampling on and destroying the world. And what can clearly be seen is the crazy attitude where we see it, the United States, carrying out aggressions against the People's Republic of China. What harm has the People's Republic of China done to the United States? What harm has the People's Republic of China done to the peoples of the world? What damage has the People's Republic of China done to the peoples of Latin America, the Caribbean, of Asia, of Africa? The same ideologues of imperialism say it, that what worries them is that they see the People's Republic of China providing benefits to these peoples. And they feel, that is the imperialists, they feel that they are losing the power to keep these peoples enslaved. They say it very clearly. That is, they are annoyed, angry, because the People's Republic of China is investing billions in Africa, in Asia, in Latin America. This is an incredible speech here. And Ortega is acknowledging the fact that the people of Latin America, of Asia, of Africa, of the global south, of the third world, are being benefited by China, by the Belt and Road Initiative, by its infrastructure projects, by its investment. China is helping in what it calls win-win cooperation or south-south collaboration, is helping to develop the global south and develop itself simultaneously in mutually advantageous bilateral relations. And Ortega is saying that this is what angers U.S. and European imperialists because they want to keep the global south as their slaves. He says that very clearly. They're the, the, the U.S. and European imperialists are losing the power to keep the people of the global south enslaved. That's why they hate the People's Republic of China. A very, very powerful speech. Now, he continues comparing the relations that Nicaragua has had with China to its relations with the United States. He's saying that China 
is investing for the development of our peoples. For them, for the United States, that's bad. But why don't they do that? He's saying, why doesn't the United States do that? Why doesn't the United States bring those investments? Why has the United States never brought them on the conditions that the People's Republic of China is bringing them? So he's pointing out that, that the U.S. imperialists are angry about China's relations in Latin America. But then why doesn't the United States have the same relations? Why doesn't it offer the same favorable trade agreements or the same favorable infrastructure, pro infrastructure projects? Ortega continues here. But it is truly an act of madness that they are attacking the People's Republic of China simply because it is a power that is growing without harming anyone. And he's talking about the U.S. imperialists. And they are launching a challenge, a provocation this morning, August 2nd, that is, when we see a top representative of the North American state of the government of the United States. He's talking about Nancy Pelosi, the speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives with the arrogant attitude of invasion. It is an act of invasion. Ortega is mentioning here the trip that the, the third in command of the U.S. government, Nancy Pelosi, took the head of the House of Representatives to Taiwan as an act basically threatening China and saying that the U.S. Represent, US recognizes separatists, extremist separatist forces. Ortega has very powerful comments here condemning this trip taken by Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan on August 2nd. Ortega says, that is, is in the blood of the Yankee Empire, the practice of invasion. And it says, here I come, here I come. They feel they have the right to invade a territory which they know well because they were part of those agreements and were part of the, the resolutions that were passed in the United Nations when they agreed on the existence of just one China. But deep down, they did not agree. And the proof is that we see them now launching a provocation. That is a provocation because it is a power like the United States invading, entering with its official plane, one of the highest authorities of the North American state entering because she decided so and because the government of the United States itself is in endorsing and applauding it. She, Pelosi, is logically part of the government from which she flew with her plane, confident that the People's Republic of China was not going to do what they do to drone strike them to destroy the plane because they are used to launching drone strikes everywhere, killing. They, saying the United States, launched a drone strike against our brother, Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela, during a ceremony where they were going to strike all of the ministers, officials, army commanders who were with Nicolas presiding over the ceremony. That was them, the United States. So he's saying that he's referring to this drone attack on President Nicolas Maduro of Venezuela and other top Venezuelan officials and the Venezuelan government has said very clearly that they have intelligence proving that that attack was organized by the U.S. government and specifically by Donald Trump's national security advisor, John Bolton. I have a separate video and podcast talking about the U.S. coup attempt in Venezuela, which John Bolton admitted to in a CNN interview. So Ortega continues talking about U.S. drone strikes. And now they are launching drone strikes again in Afghanistan. 
and boasting that they launched a drone strike where they killed a leader they describe as a terrorist. After they fled Afghanistan, after they signed agreements right there that this practice was going to end, now they come and they need blood in the current conditions. So they launch the drone strike and the cowboy comes out boasting. He's talking about the U.S. government or Biden being a cowboy. So an incredible moment here. He's saying that China, that the U.S. knew that China was not going to shoot down Nancy Pelosi's plane, unlike the U.S. that bombs people around the world with drone strikes. So Ortega continues in his speech here. He's saying the U.S. sent the plane knowing that the brothers of the People's Republic of China are not terrorists and they were not going to shoot down that plane or strike it with a drone. So here, Ortega is referring to the U.S. government as terrorists, and he's done that in many speeches before. It is an act of arrogance of trying to reaffirm that they are the hegemonic power, that they continue to be the hegemonic power that is going to destroy the Russian Federation and is destroying the countries of the European Union, that is destroying the economy, that is destroying trade, that is destroying their possibility of even living because winter is coming and heating is needed. In other words, it, the United States, is exposing them to death. So he's acknowledging once again here that these Western sanctions on Russia, is that they're destroying the European economy and doing damage to economies around the world. And Ortega continues here. And this step that they have taken today, he's talking about the, the trip of Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan. This step that the U.S. has taken today, which we have logically condemned, is an act that has no other way of characterizing it other than a crazy act of those who feel that the empire is collapsing. These are the insane acts of people like Hitler, who feel that they have an empire and therefore seek to strengthen their positions by setting off to challenge the People's Republic of China, to invade. It is an invasion that occurred today. It is an invasion. It is a crime. So here, the, uh, Ortega is comparing the U.S. to Nazi Germany, comparing the U.S. empire to Nazi Germany. We are sure, yes, that the Chinese people have strength, historical intelligence, experience. There, under the leadership of President Xi Jinping, it is there. And we are sure that they will know how to provide the correct answer that will further strengthen the People's Republic of China and will further weaken the hegemony that the U.S. government is trying to maintain at all costs. They have to learn to respect. The United States has to learn to respect all the peoples of the world if they want them to respect them. Meanwhile, the struggle is going to continue. And as I was saying, in the middle of all of these explosions of violence that are taking place everywhere on our planet, these economic tensions, tensions around fuels, tensions around food, I mean, all the great tensions that there, that there are in these moments in the world, in the middle of all this, here a new world is being formed. A new world is being born. And that new world is going to be a democratic world where there will be respect between nations, where there will be cooperation between nations, where there will be no threats between nations. So here Ortega is talking about this new multipolar world. Earlier in his speech, he, he says 
a world based on multipolarism, he said. Ortega continued, I am certain, I am sure that that world is being built. It is already being forged. It is already being forged. And that is the world that is going to bring peace, stability to humanity. Dear brothers and sisters, dear comrades, let's continue with our effort, with the tasks that you carry out every day, contributing to the forging of this new world. Our grain of sand, yes, we are providing it from Nicaragua, contributing to the forging of this new world. So that is a very powerful speech by Nicaraguan President Daniel Ortega talking about the U.S. new Cold War on both China and Russia. A very powerful speech. Now, I, on the, if you go to my website, multipolarista.com, I have the full transcript in English. I have that, the link to that in the description below. Of course, I did this in English because I wanted to, I wanted people who complained to me before to be, who want to be able to listen. They can now listen to the video or to the podcast version. Although I'm going to post a subtitled version of his speech with a separate video. Now, I want to talk about a few other points of his speech when he talks about Nicaragua's important relations with Venezuela and also with Russia and the former Soviet Union. But before that, I want to briefly talk about the, the relations between Nicaragua and China, because this is very important as well. On the day that Nancy Pelosi took her very provocative, dangerous, threatening trip to Taiwan, we see that the, 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 the ambassador of China in Cuba published this tweet on this is August 2nd, the same day, in which he acknowledges that, that he met with Nicaragua's ambassador to Cuba and the Nicaraguan diplomat gave China the declaration of the government of Nicaragua condemning Pelosi's visit to China's Taiwan region and supporting China's efforts to safeguard sovereignty and territorial integrity. So Nicaragua and China have become very close allies. Of course, uh, Cuba is also a very close ally. And here I also have this statement that was released by the Nicaraguan government condemning Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. The title of this release is Nicaragua supports the defense of the sovereign rights of the People's Republic of China. And they have it here all in Spanish, but the Nicaraguan government also provided an English language translation. It's the declaration by the government of Nicaragua in solidarity and defense of the sovereign rights of the People's Republic of China. I'm not going to read every word here, but I'll read a few comments here. The Nicaraguan government strongly condemns the provocation constituted by the visit of Nancy Pelosi to the territory of the People's Republic of China. And the Nicaraguan government is profoundly knowledgeable about the interfering and interventionist policies of North American imperialism, which have unsuccessfully tried and continue to try, thanks to the struggles of the peoples, to dominate the world. And they reaffirm, Nicaragua reaffirmed support for the One China policy, Taiwan being part of China, according to international law. They say the will of the Chinese people cannot be defied. And they say we reiterate our forceful condemnation and demand the cessation of the unheard of provocations of North American imperialism against the government 
and people of the People's Republic of China. They say, in, this difficult, in the difficult and complex circumstances lived in the, by the world, our resolute rejection of the hostilities and serious imperialist actions against China is based on the principles of mutual respect, peaceful coexistence, sorry, peaceful coexistence, non-confrontation, cooperation, and solidarity as established in the charters and instruments of international law and justice. So very powerful speech there from Nicaragua on China and Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Now, I want to talk about two other parts of Ortega's speech focusing on Venezuela and Russia and the former Soviet Union. So in this speech that President Ortega gave on August 2nd, he also emphasized the importance of unity in Latin America. And he said that he noted that at, at these moment, this moment of geopolitical crisis, he said, these are times that call for integration. Today, more than ever, they call for the integration of Central America, Latin America, and the Caribbean. And in that process of integration, the path is in the community of Latin American and Caribbean states, the CELAC, and the ALBA, the Bolivarian Alliance. He notes that the ALBA was the bridge that opened it, inspired by our brother, Commander Hugo Chavez, and by Fidel Castro, the bridge that was opened with the spirit of solidarity, a spirit of developing collaboration, cooperation, taking into account the imbalances between our countries. For people who don't know, the ALBA, A-L-B-A, the Bolivarian Alliance for the Peoples of Our America is the full name, is an economic alliance of socialist, progressive, anti-imperialist governments in Latin America and the Caribbean, including Cuba, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Bolivia, and multiple countries in the Caribbean. And uh, Ortega explains here that at no time was the ALBA considered to be a mercantile project, that is, one to make money from commerce, but rather a project full of humanism, full of solidarity, full of love, and imperialism, logically, did not like that. The ALBA brings benefits to the most impoverished peoples of this region without any conditions to Central America as well as to the brothers of the Caribbean. There are so many benefits. And then he talks about why the U.S. government has tried to destroy, destroy the ALBA. He says, Then the empire tried to destroy ALBA, thus affecting the poorest people of our region because the empire has not been able to provide the levels of unconditional cooperation that ALBA has provided, that the Bolivarian Revolution, that is Venezuela's Bolivarian Revolution, has provided to our peoples, even with the U.S. empire being a thousand times more powerful in economic terms, in financial terms, than Venezuela, than Cuba. And also in his speech, he, he, he talked about some incredible history that is not that well known, and it, it's not really well documented at all in English. And this is about how Venezuela and Hugo Chavez helped to create energy infrastructure in Nicaragua, which is a very poor country. According to GDP, which is not a very good measurement, Nicaragua is the second poorest country in the Western Hemisphere after Haiti. But it's not very noticeable compared to other countries in the region because Nicaragua has free healthcare and education. It has some of the best infrastructure in the region. It is one of the safest countries in the region. And that's because of the 
social investment policies of the Sandinista government, the socialist policies that really have invested so much money in helping poor and working people. And Venezuela has provided a lot of support in this. So also in his speech, President Ortega, he thanked Venezuela for the, quote, generous attitude that it showed through its Petro Caribe program. Petro Caribe is a program in which Venezuela, starting with Hugo Chavez, was giving very cheap or even free oil to countries across Latin America and even poor, impoverished neighborhoods in the United States, like the Bronx in New York. Venezuela was giving oil in order for countries and poor neighborhoods to be able to heat their houses, like in the case of Bron the Bronx in New York. And Nicaragua also benefited from this Venezuelan program. So in his speech, President Ortega pointed out that he recalled that after the Sandinistas came to power democratically by winning the 2006 elections, uh, Venezuelan President Hugo Chavez helped Nicaragua to develop programs, to build power plants, to build infrastructure in order to expand electricity access in poor and working neighborhoods because these were areas that were completely abandoned by the right-wing neoliberal governments that, that ruled Nicaragua from 1990 until 2006. 2006 was their last year. 2007 was when the Sandinistas came back in. And here I'm going to read some of the, the quotes from Ortega that I translated into English. He's saying that after the Sandinistas came back to power in 2007, quote, In that moment, Chavez did not ask for guarantees, nor did we sign a contract so that later we would pay them for the plants. So that's an incredible act of solidarity. Venezuela was helping to build power plants and electricity infrastructure for poor Nicaraguans and was not even requiring any money or payment. And Ortega said, quote, No capitalist country, no capitalist government in the world offered us cooperation of that type, not to their neighboring countries, not to the African peoples that had been conquered and enslaved by them. The pro-imperialist capitalists did not worry about investing in energy plants while they were in power and government for 17 years. And then Ortega continued in his speech saying that, Here we cannot forget, we can never forget, that in the year 2006, when there was a third neoliberal government ruling our country under the tutelage of the North American government, here illiteracy, poverty, hunger had multiplied, education and healthcare had been privatized, and they had abandoned the public projects that we had been developing since the triumph of the revolution. They were simply governments that thought about the strengthening, the enrichment of a minority. He's, of course, talking about the small minority of rich elites. They did not care about the country. The energy service began to disappear in our country. Yes, it is incredible, but the energy service was disappearing because they were making themselves rich at whatever cost. They did not invest in the field of energy. And already in the year 2006, when the third neoliberal government was in Nicaragua, we had blackouts every day. The plants were paralyzed. The economic activity affected. Everyone affected. I mean, if there is no energy, a country simply sinks. And logically, the United States was not willing to offer cooperation to the Nicaraguan people. Only a revolution with a truly generous soul, like the Bolivarian Revolution, would act in that way. And he's talking about Venezuela's solidarity with Nicaragua. 
So a pretty incredible historical memory that is not very well documented that Ortega was talking about in his speech. In his speech, he also thanked the Soviet Union and the Russian Federation for always supporting Nicaragua. He pointed out that, quote, we have always counted on the invaluable cooperation since the triumph of the Sandinista Revolution, Co cooperation in all fields that was given to us by another revolution, the October Revolution. And of course, he's talking about the Bolshevik Revolution that in Russia that led to the Soviet Union. And Ortega recalls that in the, when, during the U.S. terrorist war on Nicaragua in the 1980s, quote, in the middle of antagonisms, in the middle of the harassment, in the middle of the blockade, that is the U.S. blockade, in the middle of the counter-revolution that was launched against the Sandinista revolution, we found ourselves with the Soviet Union led by Russia. So he was thanking the, thanking the Soviet Union and Russia still for the solidarity it has given Nicaragua and the Sandinistas. Ortega added that, quote, there were two extraordinary moments in our history. The invaluable cooperation of the Russian people headed then by what, what was the Soviet Union, and then in the new stage, the invaluable cooperation of the Vol Bolivarian Revolution of Venezuela headed by Commander Hugo Chavez. And in this new stage, we, uh, and then um, Ortega is talking about when the Sandinistas came back to power in 2007. Of course, the, the Soviet Union was overthrown in 1991, a year after the Sandinistas were overthrown in 1990. And when the Sandinistas came back to power in 2007, they formed a new alliance with the Russian Federation, no longer socialist, but having an independent foreign policy they restored their relations, and President Ortega points out that, quote, In this new stage, we linked again, as expected, as expected, with the Russian Federation. We linked. It was normal that we linked with the sense of cooperation, a sense of friendship. And then he points out, that how, he points out how Russia, even the Russian Federation, which is no longer the Soviet Union, Russia has continued to provide support for Nicaragua that the U.S. empire would never provide. He said, quote, when has the United States donated wheat? No, they put it on the market. The brothers of the Russian Federation have donated wheat to our people. So he's saying that the, the U.S. only would never it never gives free aid. It always sells it to people, whereas Russia has donated wheat to Nicaragua. And then Ortega continued, quote, here in those 17 years of neoliberal governments, Public transportation vehicles were not updated, and public transportation was totally destroyed. In this, the Russian, the Russian Federation cooperated with us, and Mexico as well. Cooperation that we have always appreciated from the Mexican people and government. And Russia, in his speech when Ortega was talking about Russia providing support for Nicaragua's tr public transportation, which, by the way, is basically, it's very close to being free. Each bus ride costs a few cents. It's, it's totally subsidized by the state. Well, what happened in 2021, I mean, this isn't new. Russia has long provided support for Nicaragua's public transportation. And for many years, if, you are in, if you've been in Nicaragua, you've probably seen that there have been buses that have a Russian flag and a Nicaraguan flag, and it says, Russia and Nicaragua. And it has like this like, show of solidarity between Russia and Nicaragua. Those were the buses that were provided by Russia to Nicaragua for public transportation. But in 2021, 
Russia provided a whole new fleet of hundreds of new modern state-of-the-art buses to Nicaragua. Half of them were donated and half of them were bought by Nicaragua. So a show of solidarity and cooperation economically between Russia and Nicaragua. And this is a photo here of the new fleet of Russian buses. So anyway, that was a, a speech that went over a lot of different things. It was a long, hour-long speech. But in this video, I wanted to highlight some of the main parts, especially the powerful comments that Ortega made about the new Cold War that the U.S. is waging on China and Russia. I think his analysis is completely spot on. It's brilliant. And it shows how the Sandinista government, despite being in a country of just 6.3 million people, really shows how a country can punch above its weight on the international stage and how a president like Ortega can be a world leader on the world stage. And I truly think that Ortega should be considered up there with people like Fidel Castro, like Che Guevara, as one of the great revolutionary leaders in world history. And still today, I mean, in this moment, even during the moment of U.S. unipolar hegemony and, you know, imperialist aggression, especially targeting Latin America, Ortega and also Hugo Chavez in Venezuela were able to bring back the left across the region and across the world and show that socialism and anti-imperialism are still possible in the 21st century. And now as we're moving to a whole new era of a multi multipolar world, I think words studying the speeches of people like Ortega and Chavez are, is extremely important because they really have a sophisticated understanding of geopolitics and we can all benefit from listening to what they have to say.